I'ma get it poppin', don't stop me No, oh, turning up every weekend, it's a party Turn up Cause this your moment It's a happy night show It's a happy night show It's yeah. a happy night show It's yeah. a happy night show It's a happy night show It's a happy night show It's a happy night show Up close and personal With all your favorite celebrities On the hottest weekend party show in the city The Abbey Night Show You're listening to all the hits on the number one party show in the city, The Abby Night Show. Tell a friend. What's going on, everybody? And we're back with a very special guest today. What's going on, Amadeus? Welcome. Nice, <laughs> nice. We're here. Great to be here. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm honored. I'm grateful. I'm humbled. And I know this is going to be an incredible conversation. So thank you so much, Queen, for having me. I appreciate you always. Well, first off, I mean, your humility is crazy. I'm like, let's give that like a round of applause. Just out here doing big things, super humble. Like nobody would ever know. So for those of you out there that are not familiar with Amadeus, I feel like there's not much he doesn't do. He's a super (laughs) producer slash musician slash ambassador slash slash author. I mean, at this point, it's like you basically model. You're an entrepreneur. I mean, like, what don't you do? Um, probably do good interviews like you. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm not very, I'm not very athletic. So there's a bunch of different things. I'm an okay cook. I could probably cook like five to seven good meals and then that's it. Um, so, you know, there's, 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 there's some flaws within me, man, but I, I appreciate all the love, all the accolades. Um, and I've always been one, you know, the, the, the music industry, the entertainment business is definitely challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, something can be really on fire at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have that moment where it kind of dies down a little bit and you're trying to figure out life and I never want to be that guy. So I just always felt that if whatever God blesses you with talent wise, that you should kind of tap into all of those different things and use all of those gifts and talents because you just never know when one, you know, talent will cool off a little bit or the moment, the momentum dies down a little bit and you kind of just stand in there because you put, you know, all of your eggs in one basket. So I always, uh, I think it's great to just multitask and do all that you can do. I'm here for all of that. But, you know, <laughs> I got to backpedal a little bit. You said you got like five meals you can cook. What's like just top five. two? Um, I make a really good spaghetti. I knew you were uh, going to say that. Okay, we talking yeah. like you just boil the like the spaghetti and then you just pour like a can of tomato sauce in there? Nah, my meat sauce is my meat paws. My meat sauce, <laughs> my meat sauce is epic. Um, I don't eat beef. Um, so I use ground turkey. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I put the ground turkey together. I have all my little secret seasonings. I cut up uh, onions and peppers and put it in. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the meat sauce that's really uh, what makes it signature for me. I'm not going to give you all my secrets. You know, Queen, if, if you have the opportunity for me to make this dish for you, I'll be more than glad and happy to create this dish for you. You won't even be able to see the ingredients. You're just going to have to just taste it and trust me. But it's phenomenal. So that's one. I think that's my top one. Mm-hmm. Um, what's my other one? Um, I make really good burgers, like okay. really good. So really you said you don't burgers. eat meat. So are you doing like turkey, turkey. burgers or vegan yeah, burgers? Yeah, turkey burgers. 
Yep, turkey burgers. Okay. Um, like if I'm if I'm out if I'm if I'm out and they don't have a turkey burger option, then I'll do like you know the impossible or the beyond burger. Um, and I really this is gonna be funny. I really make a really good tuna. Um, me too. And I, know I have a really good too. like signature tuna salad. Yes, people me always too. ask me what's in it, and I'm like, you can't ask that. Just enjoy Absolutely. it. You know what I mean? I make a good tuna. I know it's not like a full seven course meal. Um, but I'm very proud of it, <laughs> and I think it's Same. fantastic. When the kids eat the tuna, that's when you know you're rocking, because you know that's not really a favorite for children, but the kids love the tuna. So yeah, you, you know, you got one, one of those three, you'll be you'll you'll be you'll be happy. Yeah, you know what? I'm right here with you. Amen to that. Okay, so I gotta Amen. come to New York then. Come on, come right. on. Perfect. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm a foodie too. Like that's the Spanish me in me. Like I'm all about some food. They're like, ah, why haven't you lost all the weight yet? I'm like, what happened was Monday, like passed like a few weeks ago, and then you know pizza popped up, and it just yeah hey. worked out. I'm a big listen, pizza man. man. Well, listen, you know I, I I me I'm like seasonal right with my weight. Like in the summer, <laughs> I'm like skinny because I didn't. When the spring comes in, I like bike riding, and I get out there, and I get on the bike and ride, and then when the winter yeah. comes, it's cold, and I don't want to go outside. And I'm so focused on being warm and working and in the house that I don't really get to the gym. I know it's easy excuses, but just being honest. Um, so in the, in the when the summer comes, I'm like nice and thin. And then once the winter hit, it's like I'm a, a nice little polar bear, you know? So That's how it's supposed you know, to be, though. I don't know. <laughs> you're like, you know, that's you're looking at pictures. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you look at pictures and you're like, damn, man, I, that was a real good weight right there. I was, you know, my stomach was slim and I was getting into my basketball jerseys a little better. You know, my jackets. <laughs> Spitting a little loose, and then the wintertime comes, and you're like, Yeah, you gotta try and suck it in real quick, even especially if it's something really fly and you're trying to take a picture and like post it on the gram for a quick second just to flex on them. And you're like, All right, so I'm gonna just not breathe for like 10 seconds, get as many shots as you can. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. See, we're the same page, man. We're the same, we're the same. I love it. So it's really cool. We actually initially kind of crossed paths when you were with Orchestra Noir here in Atlanta. It's a yes. really beautiful event that Red Bull did in collaboration with Rick Ross. It was epic. I feel like if you weren't there, it was a once in a lifetime thing. The energy in the room, the musicianship, all black musicians, they were really giving a lot of attention to HBCUs, which I thought was incredible right. because they don't Absolutely. do that enough. And Mm -hmm. the show was everything. And so we kind of connected after that. And it's so funny because a lot of people don't really stop to think about what drummers really do. But it's like the heartbeat of any soundtrack you hear. Because without the drums, it it just misses the pulse. You know, it's pretty, but it just hits different. You know, no pun intended. So it's funny because I was like, dang, that dude on the drums is getting it in. And then we connected afterwards and I was like, that's really dope. Look, I have so long story short kicks. I'm not going to sit here and bore you with my stuff, but I played the violin when I was in elementary school. And then I did um, I got into piano and then I started on the guitar. I really wanted to be good on the drums. Like in my mind. I was so good at it. In real life, <laughs> it was tragic. Like I'm trying to get like one hand, my foot's trying to do the same thing as my right hand and my left foot. It just, it's hard being a drummer. It's, very, it's, it's, it's all coordination um, because, you know, for those that are tuned in, you're, you're doing something different with your left and right hand. You're doing something different with your left and right foot, um, but they're all working together at the same time. Uh, so yeah, you gotta be, you gotta, it's either you have coordination or you don't. Um, and then there's the feeling part 
you know, that comes along with that. It's just kind of, of knowing how to blend with other musicians as you're performing, uh, knowing timing and being able to keep the timing. So it's a lot, there's a lot to it. And it's funny, again, we're very similar. When you say the violin, I laugh because that was the instrument that I had to choose between. It was the, between the violin and the percussion when I was in fourth grade. And I didn't know what percussion meant, but you know, a young black king from the Bronx, from the hood projects, you know, what I wasn't going to do was choose a violin and be walking through the hood with the violin. So I was like, I don't know what percussion is, but we're going to go with that. And I went into the room and it was drums and I was like, all right, cool. So that's how that happened. But I love the fact that you brought up the whole Rick Ross and Red Bull and Orchestra Nuance situation, because I've never spoken about how that whole thing came about. So it's, it's, it's a great, I'm grateful to be able to speak about it for the first time to just share with the people how that whole thing came together. So I am an ambassador from, from Bel Air, uh, Bamboo, McQueen, Violet Fogg, and Vion, and Rick Ross obviously is, is the face of those brands. And we, I have a residency at Dre's Nightclub in Las Vegas as the drummer there. Rick Ross has a residency uh, as well in, in Vegas at Dre's Nightclub as well. And we rocked the stage one night out there and it was epic. You know, I never performed with, 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 with Ross ever in life but he's one of my heroes. And we rocked the stage at Dre's twice. And I remember him saying after the second show, like, yo man, I have a show coming up in Atlanta that I'm doing with an all black orchestra. And it'll be really dope if you can rock out with me. And, you know, that was really cool. I didn't really get too excited because, you know, a lot of people say things, especially in the entertainment business, they say things and things don't really happen. So, you know, you gotta kind of tame your emotions and don't let your emotions overtake you. So. I thought it was kind of cool, but like about two or three weeks passed, I got a phone call from uh, Jason, the conductor, uh, the maestro, and he said, hey man, I'm, I'm representing Orchestra Noir in, in Atlanta, got your number from Ross, and we got this show coming up, and he was just like, you're the only one he wants on drums, and I'm like, me? <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> he's like you. And it's crazy because I had Dre's confirmed for that weekend already in Vegas, so I'm sitting there trying to figure out how do I do this show with Rick Ross? Because it's like you said, it's monumental, it's legendary. I've never performed at a, a, a symphony hall before. I've never performed with such elite uh, musicians in symphony. So I just thought it was a, a legendary and a monumental thing for me experience. And I just tried to figure it out and it worked out. Got I got my, my other brother, DJ Leverage, who's an also a resident at Dre's, uh, and drummer and DJ played that night. I was able to book the show with Rick Ross and the rest was history. You had some of the most amazing footage and videos, period, out of everybody that's posted, out of everybody that's, that's shared anything. Yours is so fire. And that's how we connected. I'm like, Queen, I don't know who you are, but you are dope. <laughs> Your content is dope. You seem like you're cool. Let's just be cool, man. And that's how it happened. And you are, been, you've been so amazing, so humble so gracious and uh and that's how we we landed here and I'm, I'm so grateful to be up on your platform again it's so funny because they were so over me that night because i was there so a lot of the listeners know that you know i work with hype magazine as well and so yes. when i'm there i'm working you know yes, and yes, so yes. i had my phone that was all i had because they said they wanted content but it was like no professional cameras and i was like uh okay so i was like but that's cool i gotta work around because i know how to use my phone so absolutely 
I was all up on the screen, the monitor, the dude that was up there got mad at me. I was like, whatever, he'll be fine. Um, But it was it was a situation where I really felt like you had to capture that moment, the essence of it, because if you weren't there, you don't really there's no way to explain it. Like, there's no way that you can just, you know, come out and be like, oh, well, you had to experience that. Right. You know, when 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 Rick Ross said that it was the black caviar of excellence mm. and, you know, you you felt that being there. Yeah. I was there yeah. and I, w- I mean, it was and I love musicianship anyway, because I started out in music. And so, you right. know, I was an artist initially. And so for me, when you see things like that, you understand the work that goes into it. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of work for that many musicians to get on the same page and prep for that kind of a show with pop records. Right. And that's and that's and I, I'm so glad you brought that up. Right. So believe it or not, those musicians that I had the opportunity to perform with, like some of them knew Ross's music and some of them didn't. Right. Some of them have never heard or played his music before. So they were all reading. So they were all reading sheet music of mm-hmm. each and every single Rick Ross song. Um, and I just thought that that was phenomenal. Right. And it kind of made me emotional. Right. Because as a young kid, I started off reading but I was considered a prodigy, right? And I was very good by ear. So everything that I did growing up was like, hey, here's the beat, all right, go play it. And all of my teachers treated me in that way. So now when I graduate and I'm kind of in the real world and in, in music for real, for real, there's so many gigs that I'm not able to get because of the fact that you have to be able to read music and I'm unable to do that. Um, so for me to perform this Rick Ross show, was just really emotional and really dope because I'm like, wow, here's this, you know, this this black king from the Bronx, from the hood, you know, studied music all his life, but it all was based off of feeling and emotion. I don't, I never read music. I can't read music, but I'm on this stage, on this platform with one of my heroes in music, one of my favorite artists in the world, and 50 well-trained black kings and queens that are some of the top musicians of the world and I'm rocking alongside them. And it's just like a dream come true. You know what I mean? And, you know, I share that story because most people feel like if 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 you don't do things a certain way that, that you can't win and that you can't be successful, then I'm, you know, I've definitely broken all the rules when it comes to musicianship and me being where I'm at today, me being from where I'm from and what I've been surrounded by all my life. You know, I've broken all of those rules and so and a lot of people have broken so many of those rules. Right. I'm sure you've overcome a lot of your hardships too, mm-hmm. where you're from, your heritage, your culture, uh, you know, so it's, it's difficult. So I'm just so glad that you touched on so many, so many, so many of these things, because, again, this is my first time talking about it. They've seen the show. They've seen me post about it, but I never had the opportunity to speak on it. So thank you for allowing me that moment to be able to do that today. No, of course it was. Listen, when people say it was a historical moment they really meant that like every bit of that because it really was and i mean i was gonna ask you what your favorite moment of 2022 was but i feel like you might have just answered it so that definitely is yeah hands down i don't know if anything and i'm grateful for every opportunity every everything but in regards to musicianship and touching the stage for that year yeah that it has to go to that that set right there 
everything. I just, I hope they release the footage that they got somehow, somewhere, so people can at least watch it because it was everything. Um, so before we get into like the 100,000 million things that you do, um, I want to take it back just a little bit to your childhood. Well, maybe not a little bit, maybe a little bit more than that, <laughs> but I wanted to kind of get an idea of what your childhood was like and how your family would have described you as a kid. Um, I was, and I'm still am to this day, you know, if, if, if you're close enough to me, you'll learn that I'm a character. Uh, I love being silly. I love being, I've always loved being the center of attention, even <laughs> as a little kid. So I'm always in the way, always making noise, always banging, always doing something. Like I'm never just sitting still minding my business. I'm doing something. So that's kind of been how I've always been as a little kid. Um, you know, growing up, again, I'm from the Bronx, um, and I'm from the projects, I'm from the hood, and, you know, I've, I've seen a lot, i witnessed a lot, you know, I got time to go to the corner store, because it was that bad of a neighborhood or area, I went to ca uh, Catholic school all my life, so, you know, I, so, long story short, I was very, very sheltered, very sheltered, kids, um, my, my, my parents, both parents, church-going folks, we was in church every Sunday, no matter what, um, so that's kind of the lifestyle, right, so when you Think about all of those different things that I've described and you and you see and, and you look at me as a hip hop R&B producer, you're like, how? You know, and it was definitely <laughs> challenging because yeah. it was frowned upon in my house. You know, my my parents are coming from Michael Jackson and, you know, Otis Redding and the OJs and Luther Vandross and Whitney Houston. You know what I'm saying? And and, <laughs> and Grandmaster Flash and Melly Mel and, you know, all of those amazing artists. And I'm like, nah, I want to hear some Jay-Z. I want to hear KRS-One. I want to hear Wu-Tang. Nas, you know, Naughty by Nature. And, you know, I'm watching the Naughty by Nature video and Trutch is running around with a baseball bat <laughs> with dog chains around his neck with a yeah, hat. Like that's, with a... That's, that's where I want to be. That's what I'm trying and to do. And they're like, you're definitely not. <laughs> like, you're <laughs> definitely not doing that. So it was tough for me. It was very tough. But when, when it's your calling and it's what you love, not a person in the world, not a thing in the world can stop you from doing that thing. And that's kind of how it was for me. So eventually... They embraced it. They saw how much I loved it. Um, I got involved in church with, with being a musician. That kept me in church. It's like, you want me in church, you know. <laughs> like, you want me in church, I want to play the drums. And that was the love that I had for it. So that's kind of what childhood was uh, for me. Um, and I'm grateful to my parents. So would you say that you discovered your love for music while you were in church? since you had to kind of be there and you had to pick an instrument, what what was the moment that you were like, I love this, I wanna do this for the rest of my life? Um, Great question. So I, when I when I started playing drums in fourth grade, and it's, you're gonna laugh, I think what got my attention or got me excited about playing was how everyone responded mm. <laughs> to me performing. That Again, I was center of attention. I, I like told the girls in my class was like, oh, I was like, you like, hold on, you like this? But again, you you like that? Right. <laughs> the, oh, we, oh, yeah, this is happening. Like, yeah. you know, so that was kind of the exciting thing and, and just kind of becoming cool because I could play drums and I could do some things that, you know, the average person can't, you know, and it, it was just kind of cool. So that, that it started as a really young age. I think when I, when I attended church, because we went to a Baptist church growing up and they didn't really have drums mm -hmm. and... My mom got invited by my godmom, my godmother, Verona, uh, to another church. It was Pentecostal, and I didn't know the difference back then, but 
you know, so it's a little bit more lively, right? So they had a band, they had mad girls. <laughs> mad <laughs> yeah, that always keeps coming up. <laughs> mad girls, they had a band, and, and he showed up and I was just like, okay, this is kind of cool. They got a band, all of the musicians, and I don't know what even the musician meant back then. So like all of the band players were, were black. They looked like me, they were cool. They were dressed really fly. And again, back to there was a lot of girls, you know, um, and I'm like, this might be a little cool. So, you know, we can go by. My mom was like, I really like that church. I'm gonna go back next Sunday. You coming? I was like, yep. Yeah, right there, <laughs> front row seat. Absolutely. Praise the Lord. So I went again, <laughs> kept going. My mom joined, I joined. And it was kind of in that moment when I really fell in love with music. And I'm like, I'm already playing drums. I'm playing in school. But being in church in the house of God is just a different feeling. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like I heard drums played before, but I'm, I've never heard it played like this. And I've never heard music sound like that. And it was very enticing. Um, and, and I just wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to learn that. Um, so that's, to me, where the love came from musicianship-wise. Mm -hmm. As I got a little older, I've always loved the beats. Excuse me. Um, I listen to music, you know, Biggie, Nas, and I would listen to the lyrics, but I wouldn't take it in if that makes sense. Like mm -hmm. I still to this day can't recite any lyrics fluently from any song because my memory don't work that way with lyrics. Mm -hmm. But if you was like, yo, what's that Jay-Z joint? I could definitely, you know, mimic the beat or the rhythm pattern of whatever that song is and the melody, you know? Um, so, I, I really, so I was always, enticed by the beats and the, and the production. And once I learned what it was and how it came together, it was a wrap. I was like 15, 16 years old and I'm like, okay, when I grow up, <laughs> I wanna be a drummer, a professional drummer that tours the entire world. Mm -hmm. And I wanna be a, a producer. I wanna be a music producer that makes beats and, and, and be on albums and have my songs all around the world. Those were the two things that I started seeing at about 14, 15 years old. And uh, I kind of tapped into it really early at that age and so, and realized that I can do it now, back then. And that's that's kind of when the love when the love happened for it. Wow. I just want to say girls, females, women, however you want to label it. We sure do create a lot of motivation for the fellas out there because you were like, Absolutely. you know what? I'm going to be up on these drums because they were like, Word. yep, I like that reaction. <laughs> Yo, I'm telling you. So, you know, shout out to all of the young princesses <laughs> that was going to St. Augustine School of the Arts in the Bronx. You know, that was like, ooh, that's dope. You know, shout out to all of the... <laughs> ooh, that's dope. <laughs> ooh, that's dope. Shout out to all of the young princesses that was in the church. You know, it was, it was uh, Faith Temple Church of the Living God at that time. Now it's uh, uh, cathedral at, of greater, at greater faith. So shout out to all the influential queens out there that, you know, gave me a little wink or gave me a little hand clap or praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> you know, because that was definitely inspiring, man. You know, just so shout out to all of the women of the world. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. That's the part that people usually never talk about. And I'm, those stories are priceless. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going to tell you everything. I, I ain't going to hold nothing back. That's why I said we good. I'm a, you know, people, but like you said, people don't, everyone's story is not known. So if I have the opportunity to share how I, how I came about and how different things transpired, I just think, you know, people should have the, the whole truth and nothing but the whole truth, period. 
We know a lot of times people just want to bring you on for an interview. And I feel like anyone that deals with people in the public eye, if you deal with celebrities kind of like, hey, we want to interview you, but then the whole interview is about everything but what you're there to talk about. So, you know, which is kind of funny because you and I have talked about this kind of before a little bit. We've touched on it. And media can be so ruthless when it comes Mm -hmm. to people because it's all clickbait. They don't care what the psychological is expense the psychological expenses to anybody like they're just gonna do what they got to do to make their money but you know it's funny i actually did want to ask you too so a lot of people that follow you know that you and trey songs are really close you've been with him forever you've also done like a million records with chris brown uh it's funny because i love heartbreak on a full moon i didn't know that you produced so many of those records and i was jamming out to them for like the longest being in my house cleaning it's either like latin music or i'll have on some r&b and, you know, you'd gotcha. be in here just jamming out, dancing, like taking 50 hours to clean because you're just too Absolutely. distracted by the music. Um, right. But I did want to get your perspective because people never take the time to talk about that part. You've worked with them. You know them. I think that what goes on, especially like with Chris Brown, I think it's crazy that it seems like people are always fishing for something, you know, mm-hmm. it, things that happened 50 years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. I mean... He's evolved as a person. He's a father. Same thing with Trey. Trey came out a long time ago. People that are in the public eye deal with very different circumstances than the average person. And people, and I I will say, like, especially for women out there that come forward making false allegations, it is so foul for people to do that because people that are actual victims stand a lesser chance of having proper representation and being believed because of all these false narratives. So... I know that you know the guys on a personal level. From what I've heard about them, I hear that Chris Brown is one of the most humble, kind, funniest people you'll ever meet. And I've heard that Trey is is super humble and and he really keeps to himself. That's what everybody's always told me. Like he's like you guys said to you, yo, he's mad cool. You know what I'm saying? He'd be out here respecting everybody. So. I just kind of wanted to get a little bit of your take because no one ever cares to hear their side of things or what they're really like outside of these ridiculous headlines sometimes that are really just clickbait. Right. And, and I, and I appreciate you even allowing me this moment, you know, to talk about the positives, right. Um, mm-hmm. Of both Trey and Chris and, and, you know, with Trey, Trey is my brother, both Chris and Trey are my brothers. I've been alongside Trey for the longest um, going on about 16 years to present. Um, I am his music director and tour drummer. So any four that you've seen, any tour that you've seen him on, uh, I'm a part of that in regards to working alongside him to put on the greatest show that we could possibly put on. So we're talking about the Between the Chiefs tour with him, Chris Brown, and, and Tiger, the Passion, Pain, and Pleasure tour, uh, the Anticipation uh, tour, touring, opening up for Jay-Z on the Blueprint 3 tour, opening up for Usher on the OMG tour, opening up for Nicki Minaj on the Pink Print tour, any tour, any show, from 106 and Park to Jimmy Kimmel to BET Awards, all of that I've been a part of those shows as a music director um, and a drummer. And for those that are not aware of what a music director is, I'm responsible for the band. I'm in charge of the band. I'm responsible for putting the show together. Uh, what's, what I'm grateful for is my brothers. Shout out to Nate Jones on bass, Butters Kearns, Ricky Strings. Uh, those are my brothers, TSC. Shout out to Daquan. Um, shout out to Carlton. Shout out to Chris Morgan. Anybody that's ever performed with us, um, 
you know, I have brothers that I work alongside, so I don't do it all on my own. It's a collaborative thing amongst me and my band members. Trey is absolutely involved from A to Z on everything that happens on that stage, from the music to the lighting to the cues, dancers, uh, uh, everything, 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 everything Trey's involved in. So I've I've met Trey, first album, Brazen is here, you know, really coming into himself as an artist. Uh, both of us young men, young kings, to now be adults, grown men, kings, fathers. Um, so I've been there throughout years uh, alongside him. And one of, like you said, one of the most humble kings, one of the most hardworking, most talented individuals you'll ever meet. Um, no one like him. There's a lot of talented people out in the world. A lot of people get a lot of love and accolades. I don't feel like Trey gets what he deserves. I don't, I don't feel like he gets his just doing what he's created musically. Uh, in the studio, written uh, on stage. To me, I feel like he's the modern day Marvin Gaye. Um, just like everybody, you know, compares CB to Michael Jackson. I feel like, you know, Trey's the Marvin Gaye. He's smooth. He's a crooner. He's fly. He's going to sing you under the table. He ain't going to do a whole bunch of dancing and flips and cartwheels and nothing like that. But in regards to being an R&B king, R&B, right, he going, he going, man, you know, he going, he going to sing, he going to sing them curls out. He going to sing them lashes off. You know what I'm saying? You That's might walk out with him. a baby by the time he's done. I'm yeah. just saying. Like, right. The vocals are there. <laughs> Absolutely. So just a, a great individual. And again, I, I'm grateful to you. Um, and it shows how much class that you have, how much of a queen you are to be able to want to point, pinpoint and point out the positives of both Trey and, and, and Chris. And Chris, we've toured together uh, multiple times. We've done so many shows together with Trey and Chris. And I've done so many songs with him and, when I, Chris is man, he, one, hilarious, like hilarious. <laughs> always want to turn up, always want to dance, always want to have fun. Super funny, <laughs> you know. It's like it's like the world and the business can be so heavy on all of us, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you know when 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 brothers get to meet, we get to link, and sometimes we just have fun. You know, I you know I remember seeing Chris flying through th th you know arenas with scooters and bicycles and <laughs> basketballs. And you're like, what do you got today? You got a skateboard today. And like, you know, cause sometimes you just miss having good, clean fun. You know, you go outside to the movies, you go out to Dave and Buster's, you go out anywhere, there's paparazzis, there's cameras. No one allows them to be able to be themselves and to live life, you know? So, you know, when they're around people that they can trust, they let their hair down, they be who they are. They be silly, they be fun. You know, they be charismatic because that's who they really are. And, and they don't have to protect themselves from anybody or hide from anybody. They could just be whoever they are. And we love them for who they are and not who, you know, what they give us. You know what I'm saying? Right. Which is a lot. The fans don't, I think, ever stop to think about the artist's oh, no. perspective because it's just no. about you needing to give me more simply because right. I'm a fan. But at the end of the day, and everyone says, yeah, okay, well, you're going to sit here and complain in your million dollar mansion and whatever. Yes. I mean, every artist that is successful, that lives in a beautiful home and has all these nice things, they understand what that comes with. But there also right. needs to be some boundaries when it comes to respecting somebody's humanity, normalcy. Mm -hmm. It's It gets to a point where 
then people wonder, why did Bad Bunny chuck a fan's phone? Well, because it was his private time. He allowed the fan to come into his space to give them that moment. And you shoved a phone in their face. That's disrespectful. Anybody would probably do that. You walk up to some random person in the club, they're probably going to throw hands. So, you know, and, and I think, you know, I really wanted to talk to you about that because I know you're a good person. And and I just I wish that more people took the time to talk about the positive and they wonder why celebrities don't really want to do interviews anymore because they always spin the story. I can't go outside because if I look a certain way, if my clothes aren't a certain (laughs) way, then they're going to think like, oh, what's wrong? Is he on drugs now? Or, you know, it's like, come on, people like let people live. So I think it's really beautiful that you get the experience on the reality side. Because right. at the end of the day, what you see on the internet is not real, ever, Absolutely. at all. Even like Absolutely. Rick Ross is one of the coolest people ever. Oh, man. You want to talk about somebody ever. funny, living his ever. life, he don't care about no negative. And listen, I don't know him because I don't need him coming and calling you be like, why is she talking like, I don't, I'm not saying I know him, but the times that I've been in the same space as him, he is He's kind amazing. to every single person he doesn't care if you work for the building if you're the janitor if you're a fan who you are he's still gonna do him he's gonna be rick ross at the beginning and the end of the day (laughs) and 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 you're so right and 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 he's so consistent right i'm really big on consistency like i I, i'm gonna be me all the time the same me right so you're gonna get this if you don't get this energy then something's wrong and you have to be strong enough and be you know, my friend and love me enough to, to realize that I'm not my normal self to say, okay, Amadeus didn't greet me as such. He didn't give me that feeling, that love that he genuinely gives on a day-to-day basis. Something has to be off. Let me check on him and make sure he's good. I think that's very important, right? Like at the, at the event in Atlanta, something happened. I don't know if it was scheduling, but something happened and Ross was, was pissed. And he was even pissed in the smooth way. <laughs> <laughs> like to see somebody be pissed, you be mad and, and still be smooth, I, like just, what? you know, just just moving around slow and you know, just just vibing and you know, and and I'm like, yo, bro, this is the coolest dude I think I've ever met in life, and just consistency, man, and just like you said, that humble being, and we know he's getting a lot of money, mm-hmm. like a lot of money, and for you to to have that type of success and not forget where you come from, not. For, forget those humble beginnings and, and, and just because you've blossomed into into this huge wealth and success, I think it's really it's really incredible. It's really incredible and I and I'm and I'm glad to be able to highlight, you know, that for Ross, uh Chris and, and Trey. You know what I'm saying? It's a beautiful thing. I mean, I've I've met Pharrell personally and he's exactly the same way too. So you can really appreciate it when people have the resume to have the ego. But they mm-hmm. choose to still maintain the humility. You know, it's you must. Uh, it's a must. Yeah. To me, it's a must because just like you've been blessed to get it, and just like you've been blessed to be in that position that you're in, mm-hmm. whether it's creativity, whether it's wealth, whether it's success, whether it's fame, stardom, in a snap of a finger, man, you can lose it all. You know what I'm saying? So when people ask me, oh, why are you so humble? Why are you so cool? I'm like, because no one has to like me. No one has to support me. No one has to appreciate what I share with the world. Like you don't have to, you can move on to the next producer, the next drummer, the next artist mm-hmm. and, and leave me in the wind and not care nothing about me at all. Right. So I, it's, it's always good to be humble. And I'll say this too, you know, and you said this, we're all human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter how successful you are, how much money you got, how much fame you have, 
and we all have our moments and we all have our days where we're just not in the mood, where somebody didn't pissed you off. You know, somebody you ain't get paid on time or your boss. It's just like, you know, life that everybody else deals with. How would you feel if you ain't get your check that your boss, you know, if you work a nine to five and you didn't get paid? How did you feel if someone took food off your table? How would you feel if someone was mean and disrespectful to you? How would you react? How would you feel if somebody put their hands on you? And how would you react? So are you not supposed to react to anything because you're a celebrity or because you're famous? It's like, no, nah, I'm a human being. I bleed just like you. I, my hair grows in and I need a haircut just like you. My breath stinks. You know, when I use the bathroom and I do number two, it's going to stink. Like, <laughs> we're, we're the same. Yeah. We're the same. And, you know, you got to allow people that moment of like, you know what? I didn't like his or her attitude today, but maybe they had a moment. So let me give them a pass. I'm going to still love them as an artist, as a celeb, as a musician. Maybe it just wasn't their day. It wasn't personal. It was nothing against me as a mm. fan. It just wasn't their day. You know what I'm saying? So I just think, you know, fans and viewers that are tuned in just kind of look at it from different perspectives from time to time and not feel like it's something against you directly or it's an attack, you know, towards you directly. You know what, though? I feel like people are so desperate for fame and recognition and clout. I think they look for things like that. And oh, yeah. before we kind of move on, I do want to say to the media out there, when you're putting out these false narratives, I think it's so much more important to uphold your integrity at a higher standard, because when you're putting out these headlines without fact checking, without actual mm -hmm. proof, and you're saying that these people are, you know, uh, they've got people coming forward stating that they've been raped by these specific, you know, public figures, right. that is extremely damaging not just to their career. I understand people want clickbait and headlines. They want to be the first to it, you know, mm -hmm. but these people have kids. Right. Chris has families, legacy, daughters, like, and, and family and relatives, and they have to go online and see this and mm -hmm. kids go to school, they get tormented, they get bullied. It becomes a ripple effect that is not just detrimental to their psychological and emotional well-being, but it's extremely dangerous to the family right. because now these Absolutely. people and their families start receiving death threats and it escalates extremely quickly. So I just hope that the media going forward maybe changes a little bit or evolves a little and makes it cool to be to be able to have a conversation with someone that's not about breaking them down because I feel like Absolutely. that's the society we're in. Let's build oh, everybody yeah. up just so they can come crashing down and we can make a ton of money off of their trauma. So right, right, hopefully, right. Right. yeah, hopefully 2023, I know we just gonna put it out there. Maybe something will start to shift a little bit because I love having conversations with people about like you, why you fell in love with music. You know, you right. had girls and you're in the club and like there's so many more <laughs> things you can talk about than all that stuff. But um, thank you for that. Yeah, no, of course. Thank you for sharing it because a lot of people don't always want to speak up. And I'm like, but there has to be a point where someone has to be the differentiator and help change that narrative because Absolutely. they don't want to speak because their words are always going to be twisted. They'll take the interview, take the worst part, edit it together, and it'll be a completely different thing than what it was supposed to be, which is crazy. Um, wow. But back to you. So we're talking about music, how you fell in love with it. I want to know... With all this stuff we were talking about, I mean, you've worked with like everybody. I mean, I like 
guys, you got to go look up his discography. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Thank you so much. He's worked with J-Lo. He's worked with Future. I mean, he's, I mean, I was going down the list. Like, I don't even have enough space to go to French Montana, 50 Cent, Justin right. Bieber, right. Jeezy. Nothing, no big deal. You know, just a regular <laughs> Monday. Um, what inspires you on a daily basis? Because with the life that you live, you're exposed to so much when it comes to culture, travel, people, music, creativity. So where, when you wake up every day, what inspires you the most? Love that question. Um, and what I'll do is I'll take you back to childhood and, and, and kind of, you know, quickly work my way up because I feel like at different stages in life, you have different things that inspire you, right? So as a young kid growing up in the hood, you know, being told you can't do something or, or being laughed at and being mocked because, you know, you go to church or you, or you go to Catholic school and you don't look like how everybody else looks and, you know, dress how everyone dresses, you know, different, that, that motivated me, that motivated me to want to make a difference that motivated me to really want to be successful and show people like you could be from the hood, but be different, you know, be from the hood and go to church and, and, and live a decent life and do something with your life, no matter what you're surrounded by. So at a young age, that was what it was for me. That kept me off the streets. You know, I always sell people like music say literally to me saved my life. Um, and as I got older, I just realized, that it was a love and a passion for me and it was something that God blessed me with, right? So it's like, I gotta do this for real, like for me, but then for the world and from where I'm from to be able to inspire others to be able to chase and live their dreams too, right? And then, you know, I, I then I had a, a, a kid, you know what I'm saying? I had my son, right? Mm -hmm. So then so then it changes it then, right? Because before, you know, you move differently with your money, you move differently with your you. finances, you did different, right. you know, it's just me, you know what I'm saying? And now when you have a family, um, and people that depend on you, uh, especially like, you know, like, like my son, it's like, okay, you can't play around with this now. Like, and you can't allow people to play with you when it comes to business. It's like, okay, before I was doing it for me and I was kind of all right, you know, you was late with my checks. It's kind of cool. I'm gonna be all right with it. And what we you know, I'm eventually get paid. But now it's like, when it comes time to feed my son <laughs> and make sure he has pampers and, 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 and milk and clothing and mm -hmm. okay, now he's going to school and he needs, and it's like, oh no, we don't, we're not gonna play that. So to me, yeah. my, my, my kids inspire me, right? And you get old and you become an adult and everything is on you, right? So now this is a business. Now you're a CEO, right? So now, you know, you start, like you say, you start pulling inspiration from different places. Now I tour the world. Now I have the opportunity to meet amazing people like you that's in different fields, different ethnicity, you know, different time zones and seeing all of this, that life and life ain't just the Bronx. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I pull inspiration from everywhere, from my family to just the love and the passion that I have for what I do. Um, traveling, touring, being on stage, having uh, amazing conversations and being interviewed like this. So I pull, I pull inspiration anywhere, man. Uh, music, other musicians, other artists, other producers, uh, anything and anyone can inspire me. Mm, I love that. Nobody, you know, that's a great way to look at that. Literally, Anything and everything can be inspiration. And that's beautiful. Even negative, even negativity, right? I've, mm -hmm. I've had a conversation earlier today um, and someone asked me, how do I, how do I keep going, you know, in life with the noise and the chatter and the distractions, right? And the noise could be people having something negative to say or people doubting you and your dreams and what you're capable of. It could be the distraction of the world you know, just, you know, noise outside of your building. Like it could be any, a, a distraction could be anything. It's like, how do you 
deal with that? How do you push forward? And I would always say as a young kid, I've always looked at that as motivation. Like as a young kid, I said, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna make music with, with Busta Rhymes. That's one of my favorite artists in the world. Make, I'm gonna make music with this person. I'm gonna work with this person. I'm gonna tour the world. I'm gonna be a professional drummer. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. And it all came. And when I was saying that, people were like, man, please, like you, you, what? You're not gonna be able to do that. You're not gonna be able to accomplish that. You, you don't have it in you to do that. Like you, you're not great enough for that. Look where you're from. Like you don't, you, you're gonna be a drug dealer. You're gonna play basketball. You're gonna, you know, be in jail. And there's nothing wrong with basketball. Don't get me wrong. But when you think about black children in, 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 in neighborhoods, you know, in urban neighborhoods, that's the first thing they say. Oh, he's gonna be an athlete. You know, he's gonna play basketball. He's gonna play football. He's gonna play baseball. And it's like, yeah. you know, it's, it's 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 whatever you're passionate about. So I just use it as fuel to my fire. Just keep me going. And, and, and keep me going to, and to just push, push. People gonna always have something negative to say if you stop and allow them to affect you and allow, allow that to stop you from what you're doing, then you're giving that person or that thing power over you. And it's like, I'm never gonna do that. You're never gonna, unless you're paying all my bills and, and, and making sure everything about all my needs are taken care of, then you're not gonna have that power. And even if you are doing all of those things, you still don't have the right to have power over someone. It could be an agreement. It could be a team, but it's never going to be someone just overpowering, you know, you. so never let any person or thing overpower you or, or allow that negative energy, spirit, vibe, saying statement to knock you off, you know, your path and, and to stop you from being who you're meant to be in life. Especially now. Because now right. people are just a, a whole different type of, I don't even know, I as we'll call it energy. People are always like, be quick to be like, oh, you changed. Mm, correction. I mean, I would hope I would evolve. Okay, the right, the idea right. is to grow. I'm not trying to be Absolutely. the same person in the same place my whole life. Right. But let's talk about the real change. You come in here asking me for things, acting like mm -hmm. I owe you something. You were mm -hmm. never like this before when I didn't have it. So let's right. talk about where the real change is coming from, because I think you're acting real brand new right now. But. That's a uh, whole nother conversation. Exactly. <laughs> people act like that. We can do three, we can do three hours on that topic. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so that's beautiful. I, I love traveling the world. It's one of my favorite things. And I think that um, having that experience will also give you a different level of humility okay. when you see how much joy people find in the simplicity in life, which I think mm -hmm. here in America, we often take for granted. So, man, I was going to say that you just took the words right out because. When you go overseas and you travel to other places that's not used to having you there, it's a whole different experience. Like, you know, we in New York, right? So in, in New York, you can bump into Jay-Z, you can bump, you can see Beyonce, you can see so-and-so coming out, Rihanna coming out of a restaurant. You know, you're in Atlanta, Jermaine Pre, Jeezy, T.I. You can, you know, you see celebs and stars all day, every day, right? But if you're in London or if you're in, you know, Copenhagen or if you're in Australia, or Africa, you may not. So when a Trey Songs and Chris Brown and Amadeus and a Rick Ross or whomever comes over there, the love and appreciation is on a billion mm -hmm. because you're going to come over, you're going to be over there for the time that you're going to be over there for a week, seven days, a month, and eventually you leave to go back to the States and then that's where you reside. And it's like, man, you know, so when you come over there, they just appreciate you on a whole nother level because they're not used to you, they're not jaded. They're not, you know, privileged. It's like, oh man, we're gonna really make you feel this love when you come up there. So I, I and I love all all my my folks from the states. Love y'all to life. Appreciate it. Not saying anything negative. Not downing y'all. I'm just being a hundred and saying, when you don't have something or someone in life, 
and you have an opportunity to have that person or thing, Mm. you know, you appreciate it so much more because that thing or person or it it might leave. And it's like, dad, at least I have this one moment that I was Mm. able to share with him or her or that or that thing, you know, so it's just a different type of appreciation. It's yeah, it's it's a whole different perspective and you have to experience it to really understand Mm -hmm. what we're talking about right now. I highly recommend anybody here in the U.S. If you haven't gotten a chance to get some stamps on your passport, highly recommend life changing. Trust me, it'll be your new go to thing. And people are like, "Ah, let's go to the club. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'd rather go travel than be popping a bottle. But that's just me. Absolutely. Uh Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Like, look, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I feel like maybe I'm just getting old. Um, no, no, it's 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 a it's you know, I'll say this, it's, you know, because, you know, sometimes people can take our words and twist it. It's it's I, I think it's uh, when you reach a certain level of maturity personally. Right. Because we're not saying that people are not mature personally. You might you be mature in a way where you're like, OK, I don't want to do that with my money. I want to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that's kind of cool. You know, I want to do that, right? Because I'm the type of person, and this is Amadeus, right? I'm being honest. Always going to be honest. Instead of going to a club and paying whatever the club is going to charge for that bottle, I'm just going to go to the store, right? <laughs> just going to go to the store. I don't need no lights. I don't need, I'm just going to go to the store. I don't need no signs. I don't need no, I'm going to go to the store. I'm going to get the same bottle for like maybe l- less than 80%. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to pregame. <laughs> pregame the hell out the night. Okay. Pre-game $40 bottle that goes for thousand dollars at the club. Just saying. <laughs> and just show up to the club already prepared for the situation, yeah. you know, <laughs> and then just, in, and just enjoy the music, man. And listen, shout out to everybody that pop bottles. Shout out, shout out to you and you and you and that's your Facts. thing. Because Facts. without no, without you is no us. It wouldn't be no club. It wouldn't be no opportunity for us to make the money we make so keep spending big spinners live your life we're just saying us. (laughs) (laughs) i love it we're just talking about us this is just personal preference that's it i I went through that phase where i was in the clubs oh yeah six nights a week this is why i'm not a fan of clubs now because i was in them six nights a week for quite some time and then i was like i am good now somebody's like the club i'm like "Ah, i think i gotta go stare at the wall or sleep for something i don't know i come up with whatever idea i have now if i'm traveling it's different i'll get out you know and if it's live music i'm there one thousand percent i don't care what the club is but you know for a standard every single weekend i'm gonna go out turn up to the same exact place same spot do the same thing Eh, not really my thing um but I did want to dive into your business a little bit. I want to get into your business a little bit. Um, so, because you're so open about things. What Uh-oh. is the most embarrassing experience you've had that you've never told publicly? Like, I was just watching an interview the other day where Kevin Hart was talking about how he literally number twoed himself on stage one day. He had wow. eaten something. He said his stomach was messed up. He tried to handle his business before going on stage and he was getting towards the end of his set. And he said he just let it go. He said he was walking by and they're like, damn, it smells like around here. And uh, he just kept wow, walking. He was like, yep, that that was me. <laughs> that's a lot. That's um, a lot. I don't think you have any about. stories like that, but like, I just. I got something, something similar. I have something similar, but I talked about it. So I don't want to, you know, you asked for something that was never talked about. So I don't really, I don't know. I've done a lot of talking in life. <laughs> um, 
I don't know. Like, well, what's your favorite most embarrassing story then? Because it's like when you're put on the spot, you don't really, you know, you have so many moments that go through your head. See, so here's here's the thing with me. <laughs> what happened was okay. I don't really get embarrassed because I don't care. Oh, okay. Like, so I had a moment similar to to Kevin's. I didn't I didn't poop myself, thank God, but we were on stage in Detroit. I was on stage with Trey. He was performing. I want to say like "Neighbors Know My Name" or one of those songs, and I had to use the bathroom, and it was number two. Super and, sexy song to have to go number two. Right. <laughs> so. You know, with being a drummer, you know, you're moving, you're shaking, your feet's going, you're rumbling. So all this shaking is not helping. <laughs> Nothing that's happening in, in the stomach. And I remember saying to our role manager, shout out to my brother George, I was just like, hey, bro, hey, what's going on? Are you good? I was like, I'm not good. And I got to go to the bathroom. And I'm going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> like, I'm not going to go to the bathroom on me. I'm going to go to the bathroom where I'm supposed to go to the bathroom. And I'm just letting you know, because I'm definitely getting up off the drums and I'm going to the bathroom. So... We get up, we were outside, it was an outside venue, so we have trailers. And he's, you know, Trey's performing. Trey's performing the end of Neighbors on My Name. So he does like a, you know, like a reprise, right? Yeah. So the band is playing, I leave. So George is rushing me, like running me to the trailer. And I was like, bro, one, I can't run, we have to stop. So I'm gonna walk <laughs> swiftly, but the running thing is not a good look. So let's just slow down, I'm gonna get there when I get there, right? In the trailer, doing my thing. He starts banging on the trailer. Yo, bro, we gotta hurry up and try to get to the next song. So I'm screaming at him, you gotta stop talking to me. <laughs> I'm trying to focus here. You gotta stop talking to me, bro, because nothing you're saying is gonna change anything. When I, I'm finished, when I'm finished. So just be quiet. So he's laughing, he's in tears. So he's quiet, I finish up, run back to the stage. Now Trey is trying to end the song. And shout out to my brother, my brother's, my brother Butters is playing the keyboards and he's not stopping. So Trey's like turning around, like looking at him like. Like, right? like so while Trey's we're still like, going, you know what I mean? While like, we're still I'm trying, going. To, I'm trying to wrap this thing up, move on to the next song. On this Yo, side. so Trey is hot now. He's cussing him out. Like no one, like it's like this on stage. So you can't see what he's doing, but he's cursing like our keyboard player out. And eventually when he's able to, but it goes, and Trey looks, and he was like, "Oh!" And right before that, the girls was trying to get him to take his shirt off, and he was like, "I ain't taking my shirt off. I ain't no stripper. I t- I get there when I get there." He became a stripper your, real quick, huh? Your boy said, "What y'all said about this show?" <laughs> and had to get into stripper mode because man, he had to do something. And I came out there and I got on, because he could, you know, everybody on stage can hear me. I have like, I call it the Bobby Brown mic. So it's cordless, it wraps around my head and Trey can hear me, the band can hear me, the lighting directors can hear me, all of the engineers can hear me because I'm calling cues. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get back on and I'm like, yo, I'm back. Sorry. I had to use the bathroom. And I'm telling you what's never happened is, is, is me using the bathroom on me. So, <laughs> so Trey turns around, they end the song and he comes back and he has a, has a microphone. Give me y'all a little secret. He has a microphone that goes to us so he can talk to us directly and not speak to the crowd. He speaks directly to us. And he was like, yo, I was about to kill Butters. I don't know what he was doing. And I was like, I don't know why he's not stopping this song, but I am going to yell at him something crazy after. And he said, until he told me that you wasn't there, Dave. And he was just like, 
Woo! That was crazy. He was like, you're good? I said, I'm good. Let's let's tear this joint up. And <laughs> we did this show. So my boy Joe, that's my boy Joe in Detroit. He brought us something called cracked chicken. Oh, Lord. So it's like fried chicken, but it has like some kind of special seasoning on it. It was cracked now. It was, you know, not to endorse crack. We don't do drugs. We're just using that as a as a description. And it was really good, but it just wasn't really good for me to eat prior to playing drums. And ever since that day, this is years ago. So ever since that day, I do not eat before I perform at all. Like, you know, they have catering. And I know you know this queen, like you're on tours and they have mm-hmm. the catering. And they've like, they already know. They was like, all yo, whatever, mm-hmm. nothing. I'll drink now. I'll drink but I cannot eat before I perform. So after I perform, well, no matter where we are in the, in the world, I'll then eat my food because that rumble in the jungle and the yeah, chicken. Like, I, don't, I don't need a second. Yeah, the stress you mm-hmm. had that been feeling that day, be like, I got to go. I got to get out of here. <laughs> and no then way. 30 seconds turns into like two hours and it's like, nah, I can't, I can't relive this moment. <laughs> That's no. funny. <laughs> no. So yeah. I like it. That's a good story. um so all right so let's talk about your book okay because you i mean i'd ask you like see personally i'd you know i'd ask you who your favorite person was to work with but i know you're not gonna give me like you can't give me an answer because everybody's really your favorite it's a different experience so love that love that thank you for not putting me in the hot seat no 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 i mean listen everybody's experience is different I've met J-Lo before, had an hour-long conversation with her mom, Lupe. Shout out to Lupe. Well, yes, she yes, yes. Dope. Shout out to Miss Lupe. Love her mom. Her mom is every, yes. especially, she is every bit of Hispanic. Like, she don't play. Absolutely. She gonna look at you sideways if you say something crazy. Um, so, I mean, I, and you've worked with all these people, so I'm, I'm not gonna sit there and be like, so who's your favorite? I mean, the experience is different with everybody, you know? Right, it's like, right. I like a lot of different kinds of fried chicken from a lot of different places. It's essentially the same true. thing. So, um, Anyway, so let's talk about your book. First yes. of all, the story of Amadeus and the beat goes on. It highlights your journey, a lot of what you've gone through. But in the midst of everything you've got going on, what in the world made you be like, I want to do a whole book now? Because the <laughs> book is a lot of work. It is. Um, first off, big shout out to Lynn Hobson and Trina Stackhouse. Those are my two co-authors uh, that I did the book, that I created the book with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always wanted to do it but just never really had the time. And unfortunately the pandemic hit, right? But you know, a lot of negativity happened during that. A lot of bad things did happen to that, but also a lot of good things and positive things blossomed from that too. Um, and the book, the story of Amadeus and the beat goes on is one of the things that came about during the pandemic. You know, obviously everybody had to stay home. We couldn't go nowhere, you know, had to be inside to protect ourselves. And it just gave me a lot of time and energy. Um, and it wasn't making beats all day. I, I didn't have no drum set at the crib. So I had to kind of channel those emotions and those ideas into something useful. And that's how the story of, the story of Amadeus came about. Um, I'm so proud of it. I'm, I'm really so proud of it. It's done really, really well, especially independently. Um, and I'm grateful for that. Yeah, so if, if, if you're tuned in, it's, it's, it's a great book. It's not too long because I'm not the greatest reader in the world. Uh, you know, my intention is a little, little crazy. So all, all those three pages, 300 pages or 400 pages is not happening. So <laughs> I had that in mind. And, and originally I, um, I created it to be like a, a, a book for kids. 
mm-hmm. teenagers, young adults. Um, but it's written in a way where it's not like one, two, three, ABC, obviously. Yeah. So a lot of adults that have purchased the book, loves the book as well. And it's just kind of my story and how I became Amadeus from the beginning to the start of my career as a musician and as a professional musician, as a producer. And that's why you have, and the beat goes on because there's still so much of the story to tell. And uh, you never want to give, you know, you never want to give him it all up front. You want to kind of leave space for, for some more food and for, and for some more dessert. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. that was kind of the idea with having the story of Amadeus and the beat goes on. So it's doing very well. Um, very, very appreciative to everybody that supported. For those that are tuned in, you can, I'm still, I still sign all of the copies. Still sign, uh, write, you know, little nice notes in them. Um, and I'm going to continue to do that as long as I'm physically able to do so. Uh, but you can order the book uh, on the website. It's uh, www.iamkingamadeus.com. Once again, it's www.iamkingamadeus.com to order the book. And I'm, like I said, I'm signing all copies and would, a, would love to appreciate the love and support. And again, it's inspiring. It's motivating. It's, it's, it's pushing, sharing my story in order to push you to, to, to chase and live your dreams as well. I love it. See, I'm not a big reader either. I see something that's like four or five hundred pages, and I'm like, they got a movie to this thing. Uh, exactly, <laughs> not happening. Sorry. And the visuals for your book are actually really beautiful. I love the design of it. It's very. It definitely captures your attention when you see it. And like you said, I mean, it's the beat goes on. So, like, are you planning on a part two sometime soon? Oh yeah, definitely a part. It, it, it may be a few parts because there's so many different parts of the story is so many different levels of becoming Amadeus, right? And I, and again, the book, t- this book ends on when I got my first placement with Foxy Brown and to kind of kick me off as a professional producer, right? So all of the things that happened after that is so many stories. It's like you mentioned, working with each artist and going to the studio and then the touring aspect of things. So there's so many different parts to discuss and talk about you know, and that's why and the beat goes on because there's so many different parts. So how are we going to do it? I don't know yet. I'm still um, honestly still focused on this book right now because it's my first one. It's, it's my baby, my mm-hmm. first baby. And I want to make sure that it gets the attention and the love and the supports that it needs and, and really reaches the masses to all of those youngins and adults as well uh, to, to be inspired by. It's I'm definitely going to be checking out the book. Everybody that's listening right now needs to go check it out. Like I said, even if you're not into reading, it's a great coffee table mm-hmm. book, too. So yeah. you don't you well, can get it and not read it. And it makes a great gift, too. So just right. saying, Absolutely. If, any, if any of your friends are into music or aspiring musicians or artists, I feel like it's a very inspiring book to have. Because looking back at your journey now, when you were a kid, would you think that you'd be here with, I mean, all these plaques and the resume that you have and the experiences that you've had? Yes. Right. And I think when I answer that question, you know, a lot of people are in shock, like, really? And I'm like, yeah. Um, That's I, usually I, how I, it happens. Yeah. You have I had to the, believe in your I had vision. A dream. Mm-hmm. I had the dream at first. It was first a dream. Right. So to me, a dream is, you know, and this is my personal belief. Dreams are visions that God give you, especially when it comes to life and who you are and your passion and love and what you want to be. Right. I'm not talking about, you know, as a woman, you having a dream of the guy that's in the movie that 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 works out 24 hours a day and looks handsome or that, you know, that girl that you see in the bikini. You're like, I'm not talking about those type of dreams, I'm, you know, or like what you're going to eat for tomorrow or Thanksgiving is coming. Like, 
Not those type of dreams. Dreams where it's focused on what you want to be in life, your love, your passion. To me, those are visions that God gives you, right? To show you who you are, what you're capable of doing, what you could do, what you could, who you could be, right? And then giving you that vision and giving you those ideas and putting it in your heart, spirit, in your mind and your soul, and just kind of leaving it up to you now to say, well, what are you going to do with this? What are you going to do with this vision? Are you just going to allow it to just be a dream that you have and you think about every single night and you wake up and you realize that it's not your reality? Or are you going to take these dreams in, right? And then go put the work in to say, you know what? I want to turn these dreams into a reality for myself, right? And that's kind of what the vision was even as a young kid. So when I look at this wall, you know, and I, and, and I look at the passport stamps and, you know, all of the love and the accolades and people saying, I love this song. And I was this place where I heard that record and you're such an inspiration. And it's like, it's a blessing because, and I'm proud of myself. Right. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a humble being, you know, that queen, but I, at, at certain points you gotta, you gotta, you gotta applaud yourself. Right. Because it was me that was in the studio by myself. It was me that was on those drums. It was me when all my friends was going out to hang out to go to the movies or the bowling alley or, or Six Flags, I was like, nah, I want to go to the studio. I want to stay in my room and make beats all day. You know, so I lost friends. I lost girlfriends. I lost people that, you know, just had other plans with their lives and just didn't align with mine. Um, so when I look at this wall and I have this opportunity to speak to an amazing journalist like yourself, it's humbling and it's it's so exciting because it's like, wow, dude, like, you, and there's so much I want to do and there's so much I want to accomplish that I haven't. But in life, I feel like you got to take time to celebrate moments and to celebrate where you are in life now and to appreciate where you've come from and how far you've come and just to enjoy those moments. So I'm grateful, but I, to answer your question, I absolutely saw it. And I worked my behind off to be where I'm at today. So when I walk around and I wake up and I see where I'm at and how I'm living and these these plaques that's on the wall that I looked at, you know, on TV as a little kid. And when I first went to my first studio and saw them hung on the wall, I said, yeah, I'm gonna have one of these one day. It was one for me. I didn't know I was going to have so many. It was just like, I'm going to get one of those one day. Yeah. Um, so dream come true. There's a power in words. And when Absolutely. you, if you don't believe it yourself, then how is anybody else? There's no way to grow. It, it has to start somewhere. So Absolutely. I definitely commend you on your journey and the fact that you've never been a sellout. You continue to work hard. You're so focused on the foundational elements that make music so important that I feel have been lost a lot in today's world. You know, I miss, I miss the way music used to feel. So, you know, I, I commend you on everything that you you've accomplished so far. I think it's incredible and such an inspiration to so many kids out there that may be aspiring to do the same thing or something similar in that space to understand that, you know, a lot of times it's not meant for you to tell everybody about your vision because it's not meant for everybody to understand your vision. So if you put your mind to it, anything really is possible. I mean, Absolutely. Amadeus is, oh, he's walking proof of that. So um, I definitely commend you on that. I think everything you're doing is amazing. I can't wait to see what the part two, part three, part 10 of your books, book series. <laughs> We're going to call it a book series. We need we need a movie, okay? For people that don't want to mm -hmm. read, let's go ahead and let's put the movie out there too, okay? Like uh, that, like that. <laughs> at some point, I'm sure that'll be rolling around. I can't wait to see oh, yeah. how that evolves for you. But before we go, we have a little game that we play on the show. It's called Confessions. Okay. 
Don't okay, worry. Uh-huh. Everybody hears confessions and they're like, it's not like, okay, it's it's not like the Howard Stern version of confessions, all right? They're just okay. funny, quirky questions, quick answers, uh, just for people to kind of get to know a little bit of a different side of you. So you ready? I promise it's I think nothing so. bad. I think so. <laughs> now I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. What's the best or worst practical joke that you've played on someone or that someone's played on you? I think um, I played a joke on my manager at the time. Uh, well, I, managed, I was managed by Puff Diddy, love. And shout out to Har Pierre. Har Pierre is the president of Bad Boy. Um, and he, you know, I worked alongside him as well. And I remember sending him a message saying that I was retiring, like I was quitting producing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yo, he like took it seriously and thought I was seriously, like thought I was serious and like avoided my call for like two months. Like, and I ran into him and I'm like, bro. And he's like, hey, you told me he was retiring. I was very upset. And this and this and that. I was like, yo, I was joking, bro. <laughs> and he was like, oh. So like a whole two months, like I missed out on projects and everything because he thought I was serious and was mad because we was like rolling. And oh yeah, let me, get, let, me, let me be quick. I, I feel like I was long-winded. <laughs> love that though the joke ended up being played back on you right because you missed yes. out on work yeah you never went wanted really to mess bad. with the bag no it went really <laughs> bad what's the most creative use of emojis you've ever seen i feel like this could go one of two ways <laughs> yeah okay i'll go pg um <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> I really um, think there's there's a good PG version good. of them. <laughs> like I can have a full conversation with you to express myself in emojis. Like how in, in, in emojis, right? What you know, if I, like like you know, you know, obviously, I'll just leave it at that. I can I can express myself very well. You're really trying this. so hard yeah. to keep it on the PG side because your mind is all the way left. Like, well, this could go this really time, bad this time. This time, you know what? Let me go back to yeah. We could definitely conversate through emojis. I love it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what's What's been the strangest thing that a visitor has done in your home? Done in my home. Not too many strange things happen, but probably like do like a whole video or like a selfie video with like all the plaques like kind of walking around like really? if they're like if, yeah oh yeah like mad people have done that and was just like walking around like if it was like a museum and like not, not, not really saying where they are but just like yeah like just and i'm sitting there like oh was it like yeah we out here we doing this you know we do it big out in the building <laughs> got the plaques behind me you know we up we on exactly. we <laughs> that that and i'm sitting there whatever like be great. Right. You know, I, I've never, I've never rang on anybody. Be great. Enjoy yourself. Do your thing. Yeah, do, do, do your yeah. Thing. I, I'm gonna be over here whenever you're ready to get back to work, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If life was a video game, what cheat code would you want to use the most? Ooh, that's dope. Damn, that's good. Ooh. For all the gamers oh. out there, I had to put one in there for you. That's fire. What would I want to? What cheat code would I want to? Ooh. See, it's corny to me to say like like extra life, right? So I'll reword it in a way where it's like to always be able to make it to the next level. Okay. Okay. It's kind of dope. It's kind of dope, ain't it, Queen? That is dope. <laughs> I like it. I like it. You know what? Just another round of applause. That was good. <laughs> <laughs>
that was pretty like to not die or to live you know like that's easy but it's like you can live and just keep doing the same thing but it's like if i if i'm able to always go to the next level i think that's kind of especially when you think about life in the video like i think that would be dope to just always be able to grow and always be able to get to the next level the next the next level it's kind of dope you better preach i love amen it. amen <laughs> what is the worst song ever oh yeah Oh yeah, I was. Yep. You can't plead the probably, this one. Probably Baby Shark. <laughs> to me, Baby I was like, "Wait, what?" Do, 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 baby. <laughs> All right. Like I can't stand it, but but at the same time, I, I'm like, "You won though." <laughs> like, Winning like, all I'm day. Like, the kids were. You won though. Yeah. You won though. <laughs> so I'm not gonna do it, but you won. Yeah, that's that's all you. It's one of those do you boo boo, but that that was still dope. It's a good moment for them. <laughs> you won. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> you know if what? If I win, I, if I win, I want to win with like I want to win with like a banger. Like, I don't want to win like oh, that, oh this is that, oh that's cute. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I I never even really listened to the full song because I heard it so much. I actually know it. Um, so they did their thing on that. I mean, it served its purpose. Um, oh yeah. Who is the most interesting person you've ever met? Still. Wow. Whew. I couldn't just give you easy questions. Come on now. That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that's really good. That's really good. Damn. That's hard. Um, can I name two people? Sure. I'm gonna name my late and, and rest in peace. I'm gonna late, uh, name my late bishop, Bishop Michelle White, uh, who's my pastor. Um, I'm gonna name her because she was always very unique. Uh, she's a female pastor, which we've never, with, growing up, you never really saw that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and that was, it was her church that I went to that I saw the band and the musicians and all the girls that I joined in my church, right? So to see a woman up there, she had one arm. Um, so I don't want to, with all due love and respect, I don't want to say it like she had this part of the arm and then from here below. So she, she, she didn't have, so I would say she had one hand, mm -hmm. um, but played the piano wow. with her hand. And I don't, I want to say this, this part of her arm, cause mm -hmm. I don't want to, you know, disrespect her in any way. Uh, so she would play the piano with that part of her arm. Am I showing you right? And then her finger, her fingers on her, you know. And I've never seen anything like that. I've never met anyone as powerful and legendary as her. Uh, so I would just say my late bishop, uh, Michelle White, uh, is the most interesting person I probably ever met. And from a female perspective, from a male perspective, I'll probably say Puff. Um, like when I say idol, and, and Lord, Lord forgive me, I, it's not like that. But like, like oh man, like there's no one in the entire world that I always wanted to be Puff Daddy. Like my siblings will tell you, my parents will tell you. So when I was a part of Bad Boy, like it was like the a dream come true. So just his work ethic, his swag, his style, his demeanor, um, everything he's done and accomplished, what he still does to this day, the groundbreaking things he does to this day, his thought, his process is being on the go. Like he's he's just he's just a beast in every capacity. So I think I would have to say Puff Daddy. Diddy, love, what you know, whatever one of the names we want, you know, refer to him as today, 
and my late bishop and pastor Michelle White. Those are those are good answers. Um, and sorry, that was very long winded too. As you see, I'm very long winded, guys. It's supposed to be like a quick thing, so I'm definitely not playing properly. But I thank y'all for being with me. <laughs> What's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? You've traveled I can't enough. Say that. See, I'm. I, it was this was really bad. I just shared this with my kids the other day, and they looked at me like, "Bruh, I could never say this in public." I'll tell you off air. I'll never say this in public. I can't. I gotta take this to the grave. Um. See, I'm weird because I have a lot of allergies. Mm-hmm. So if it ain't the regular stuff, <laughs> uh, listen. It ain't if happening. it tastes like chicken, I just want chicken. I don't want to be right. eating brains, eyeballs, yeah, rats, legs, frog never, legs, like yeah. escargot, like. No, nah, no, I've never. So I'm, I'm. When it comes to food, I'm very boring. So I, I have no answer to that because, I, it's, it's just regular. <laughs> like it's just, it's, regular. it's just regular. When we're out fair, I'm gonna tell you about this crazy festival they have in Europe, and you're gonna be like, what? Because that was my same reaction. Um, if you could invite, last question. If you could invite three people to dinner, living or dead, who would you invite? Ooh, that's hard. Um, damn. Michael Jackson. Damn. Three people. Three people. So I feel like I know who I would invite to mine if it was me. Michael Michael Jackson. This is this is this is good. That's really tough. Michael Jackson. I keep saying Michael Jackson. <laughs> Michael Jackson. Damn. This is gonna really this is gonna really throw you one. Martin Luther King. Okay. And I feel like I have to get a female in here. Um ooh. see how long when I am. This is hard though. <laughs> female. I mean it's dinner. So I might have to go with like Halle Berry. Yes, I, knew, I knew somebody sexy was coming. <laughs> it's dinner. I was gonna say, who was I gonna say? Who was I gonna say? I you was started thinking say, about like, Halle, and you lost your train of thought. <laughs> yeah, I might as well say, yeah. Even though I had the biggest crush in the world on Christina Million. Okay. Okay. Like, She's beautiful too. I get it. I mm-hmm. had the biggest crush on in the world. Like, yo, when I see her. On a pop, and then I saw her. It wasn't the on a pop, and you probably got real shy yeah, real quick. <laughs> She's all, "Hi, nice to meet you," and you're. A... You so think... now, if, if if I was to break the rules, because I'm that's all I do is break rules creatively. Mm-hmm. And you gave me like a ten seater, like a ten table, like ten seat table. Michael Jackson, Martin Luther King, Barack Obama. His wife Michelle, um, and who I said I said uh, Halle Berry. That's five. Biggie, um, Pac, mm. uh, a se- was that seven? Uh, Odell Beckham, Denzel Washington. And 
Abby. Oh, you gonna include me in that dinner? What? Yep. I'd be coming out of there loaded with knowledge. <laughs> so that is a powerful line. See, you had some people in there I would have had, but if I had to do like four people, yeah, what's, would, what's your what's your dinner? I would have done Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. I would have done um Marilyn Monroe. Ooh. Um That's dope. I would have had uh Kobe as well. Wow. Okay. And like Jay Z. Because I would love to hear. I think Jay Z's journey is really interesting, and I love his mm-hmm. perspective on just life in general. So I'd love to be able to like people are like, "Oh, would you take like half a million dollars of dinner with Jay Z?" I'm like, "Listen, put me <laughs> on the schedule, okay? Forget the half because you get so much knowledge from somebody that is so much more useful." But if you had the half a million dollars, you could do a oh. lot too. You can do a lot too, and probably be like, "Yo, I want to get a meeting with Jay. I, you know, I, I, on me, you know, at you know, at one of them, at one of his favorite spots. It's probably cost him like ten thousand per steak. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then you kind of get the best of both worlds, which is the meeting with Jay and the money. So I kind of would probably, yeah, like that's that. true. See, rule breaker. That as as you know, you you want the definitely rule breaker. Right. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So there you guys, there you have it. Expect it one day. Maybe he'll end up having this line. That would be a dope painting or artwork to have at home yeah. for you to do wow. like the last supper with that lineup. That would be dope. And like us in the picture, like us actually in the picture. No, with that's what I'm like saying. Us, have an saying? artist to recreate it, but with those Ooh, people. That is I'm hard. Just saying. If you end up getting that, I'm taking a selfie in front of it. Just let me you know. <laughs> <laughs> that is hard. That's hard. I'm just saying. It's wow. a good idea. That's I, genius. I might think about that for myself too. Um, for real, is that, that's that genius. Is, yeah, <laughs> I have wow. literally had the best time talking to you today. I can't wait for everybody else to come. You know, follow your journey as well because you're such an incredible person. You guys have to go follow him. You want to go ahead and drop your social media handles and all that. Absolutely, uh, I'm on Instagram the most, so my IG is Amadeus A M A D E U S P B M. Uh, once again, it's Amadeus PBM, A-M-A-D-E-U-S, PBM, that's on my IG. On Twitter, I am producer Amadeus. Amadeus spelled the same way, producer Amadeus. Uh, and that's pretty much the two um, social media you know, platforms I'm on. Everything else is kind of like, I'm not on TikTok. I'm on Facebook, but I hate Facebook because it's like weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. um, so it's like it's more so my family and, and friends that I know, but I'm really heavy on Instagram. Uh, so definitely reach out to me on IG. I do check all my DMs. Also reach out, Amadeus PBM, uh, and also visit the website as well, www.imkingamadeus.com. Once again, www.imkingamadeus.com. So there you have it, you guys. You already know you're welcome anytime. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this. You're listening to The Abby Night Show.